Hello and welcome to 99 from 99, the movie podcast where we take you back to the past and cover 99 films or more from the year 1999. I'm your stubborn Kentuckian host, Michael Denniston, joined every week by madman of the airwaves, Ben Zook. Why take a journey to the past? Well, perhaps like you, we've looked out our window and seen the world grow smaller, colder, and scarier. Not here. So sit back, relax, and come back with us to a time when theaters were full, tickets were affordable, and there were so many good movies, you couldn't possibly catch them all. That's what this podcast is here to do. So we hope you take the entire trip with us, 99 episodes on the films from 1999. you to hit me as hard as you can i'm scared to close my eyes i see dead people i believe you have my papler now that i've met you would you object to never seeing me again this is not just a couch it's just our couch take the red pill and i show you how deep the rabbit hole goes leave the light on after bedtime I always thought it'd be better to be a fake somebody, a real nobody. Are we gonna air it? Of course not. As the countdown begins to the 21st century, it's good to know there is still one number you can always count on. Bond. Bond. Can't you just say hello like a normal person? Renard is behind this. He will die along with everyone in the city. We do not negotiate with terrorists. His only goal is chaos. I sent 009 to kill Renard. He put a bullet in his head. That bullet's still there. He feels no pain. He can push himself harder, longer than any normal man. No hard feelings, Mr. Bond. It appears that you have been beaten. Don't make this personal. I can't do that. I just can't help thinking I'm next. New model. The very latest in interception countermeasures. And six beverage cup holders. I've always tried to teach you two things. First, never let them see you bleed. And the second? Always have an escape plan. For the world's greatest secret agent. You've defused hundreds of these, right? When the stakes are high. Yeah, but they're usually standing still. Life's full of small challenges. And the danger hits too close to home. He has M. By noon tomorrow, you'll feel nothing at all. I thought it was your job to protect me. It's not just professional. Someone's tampered with the bomb. It's personal. I have to get it back or somebody's going to have my butt. First things first. I'm going to find him. Who's afraid now, Mr. Bond? I will not miss. I never miss. Do you want to put that in English for those of us who don't speak spy? Why am I suddenly worried I'm not carrying enough insurance? Your time is up. The world is not enough. World is not enough should be next because it, it and Sleepy Hollow were on the same weekend and they were actually, there was somewhat of a rivalry um in terms of people wondering what movie would win out that weekend and everything and it ended up being the world is not enough if memory there was serves justice me correctly in the in the world back in 1999 well, justice i think from a commercial standpoint it makes sense they were both successful this this was a weird weekend 
1999, and there was a lot of speculation from a commercial standpoint why the studios put these two obvious hits right up against each other, and, they, and they, people wondered if they would have made more money had they been spaced out more. I don't know. Back in those days, uh, did you... I, I guess it probably was stranger because uh, of the gaps, which we've already discovered in this. Like we've we talked about, like the January movies or you know April, but uh, certainly well before global pandemic. I guess uh, you know it's 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 the Disney um, tent poles. I guess have spread to the point where almost every every month has some pretty huge hits. So I guess it probably was stranger back then to see that direct competitive going on like because uh there's just weren't as many of these these big movies but i don't know thanksgiving's kind of a weird holiday isn't it like you're trying to get out like right before and then you can have a nice holiday run so i could see some log jam uh back then i, I mean i guess so okay so this is like the third pierce brosnan james bond movie and you know with so uh usually by the third film they're kind of, you know, the, 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 the new James Bond actor is usually is starting to settle in to, you know, they've kind of got, gotten through a lot of the bumps uh, that can happen and everything. And uh, so I, kinda, I, I really enjoy uh, this one, uh, The World is Not Enough. I actually think it's pretty underrated in the James Bond uh, franchise. Um, who's your favorite hey, what's the, James Bond what's... actor? Jason? <sighs> Oh, my favorite! I am not a James Bond guy, so I don't think I ever watched in full uh, a Sean Connery uh, James Bond movie until I started podcasting and kind of like forced myself to do it for you know, one of the Daniel Craig releases. Uh, I have memories of a kid of kind of like watching them in and out. Uh, was it TNT? Yeah, they would do like the Bond month. And, you know, I would catch them and, you know, back you know, pre like DVR days. Uh, if you miss something, you miss something. And I, I can't say I was ever a huge fan. And there was really no one in my family. Like my dad was not a Bond guy. So no one was like introducing me to them. Uh, I have a distinct memory of being excited for Goldeneye with Pierce Brosnan, which what was the gap fairly long yeah. for, for yeah. his takeover. So it, for whatever reason, that felt more event status, and I remember you know my family going to see Goldeneye, even though, as I said, no one was really a huge James Bond fan, uh, and I I watched it and enjoyed it just as like just an action movie on its own. Like I I never, but it, I mean it wasn't like a Batman Begins type thing where it like <laughs> you know it like sort of revitalized the character for for me and I guess many others and. Uh, ever got to this this uh, Dark Knight moment, which I guess we got later with your favorite filmmaker of all time, uh, with <laughs> Sam Mendes and Skyfall. I guess that was as close as Bond got to like that huge bump. You're, um, you're like you're like because... a politician, like like I mean. So who is your favorite <laughs> James Bond act? It's not that complicated. There's like six well, but, of them, five of them. How many are I, there? I, look, context, context, and you know people are here for us to talk. So I'm, I'm giving them I'm giving them all the material I've got because honestly, I was I was about to ask you before you got your question first. I'm like, what is this movie about? Because I watched this like a month or so ago, and you know, I, it's about I, I, it's about a guy taking over the world or something, and he wants to I, blow I things up, and and there's a there's a you know, kind of familial uh, revenge uh, inheritance uh, thing going on on the side. 
And, uh, you know, what are any of these James Bond movies about? It's always okay. like All right. they, they have like recycled plots, derivative ideas uh, that, you know, you could re- you could take a lot of the Bond villains and, and replace them, you know, interchange them. And, you know, you'd have the same movie. It's mainly the location and the set pieces, I guess, that are you know stick out. Uh, so to answer your question, before we I guess move into this film, it's it's Daniel Craig just because Casino Royale is the only James Bond movie that I've revisited numerous times and uh, really really enjoy. Just as uh, sort of an action movie classic, at least in my household. Uh, it did not make me a huge fan of what followed necessarily. I can't even remember Quantum of Solace. I think I watched that once and didn't care for it. So for James Bond, I guess for me, the excitement is maybe when a new one takes over, that enthusiasm does not uh, does not last long. And uh, yeah, I didn't see this one theatrically. I don't think I saw another Pierce Brosnan movie theatrically after Goldeneye. I always caught up with them on video. I was trying to think of a of a good Pierce Brosnan non James Bond movie that you know you 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 deprived yourself of, but I I couldn't really. Um, the Matador. I like the, the Matador. Matador a lot. I don't like the Matador. I saw the Matador at a festival before, like oh, a lot of other go. people, and it was just, here we go. It, it was okay. No, I don't want to go off on the Matador. Um, so, <laughs> so, so, okay. The Taylor so, of Panama. Does that work for you? I I haven't seen it. I actually haven't seen it. <laughs> you might like that one. Hmm, okay. So Jeffrey Rush. You like him? Yeah, I do like Jeffrey Rush. Okay. There so, we go. All right. So the world is not enough. The world yes. is not enough. Uh, I, I would say Pierce Brosnan is actually my second favorite James Bond, and I would I would put Connery uh, first. I think though those those films really are like the core of of what makes the James Bond franchise you know what it is. And, and I think you know without those you wouldn't really have uh, a whole lot. I think there's a lot of really average ones, and and that and I would kind of lump. I actually went back and rewatched Goldeneye because I hadn't seen it in so long. Um, and, and lo and behold, like all of these James Bond films are now, uh, streaming on Amazon right as we're about to do this. So, um, so I got a chance to rewatch Goldeneye and I feel like it just doesn't hold up very well. Uh, I remember seeing it in theaters and I remember just like you said, there was a long buildup. I think it was about six years between, um, License to Kill and, and Goldeneye. And I think that was, that's the longest gap, the, the gap between, Die Another Day and and uh, um, Casino Royale is about four four years, so so that's kind of close. Um, but yeah, uh, in general, I think I, I think I'm a fan of the James Bond series, but I wouldn't say there's a lot of you know the only ones that I really enjoy, the only ones that I would say that I would watch like outside of just you know rewatching the franchise or whatever would be. Skyfall, which I think really transcends the franchise. Um, uh, the Spy Who Loved Me. Um, any of those first, like, four Sean Connery uh, films. Uh, and then this one, uh, The World's Not Enough, uh, which I, you know, I just find this is, like, the perfect balance. And that's what I think was the, the problem was with the Pierce Brosnan films initially. Uh, and, and they're fine, like they're fine, um, but Golden Goldeneye is a little a little too dry, a little too slow paced, uh, and then Tomorrow Never Dies, from what I remember, w- was kind of similar, and then uh, the, uh, and then this one just sort of, sort of gets it just right. It's entertaining 
you know, just enough. The pacing is perfect. The, the, the silliness with Denise Richards is what people like to uh, harp on. But it's like, you know, have you seen any of the other James Bond movies? They're, they're full of stuff like this. Um, <laughs> they're full of ridiculous, what do you, what do you, uh, uh, stupid things that could never, never possibly happen and, and be realistic at all. Just like, like, well, like someone like Denise Richards being a, a, uh, a nuclear scientist or whatever she is here. Do you think, cause I'm trying to think what are some other, uh, I guess the, the, the ladies of, of Bond movies, uh, is it the fact that, you know, she's coming off of wild things and is seen, you know, I, I feel like you, from earlier in this, the show's run, you were defending the uh, sort of the the narrative, the typecasting of Chris Klein, which never uh, does not amuse me. Uh, Denise Richards, you know, similar thing as far as her, I'd say her most prominent, uh, famous role. She had sort of the well, the one-two punch of Starship Troopers and Wild Things in uh, the winter of ninety-seven, ninety-eight. So she's kind of, you know, perfectly built, I guess, to play like a sex spot type character which fits with james bond but uh i don't know like you seem to be far more of an expert than me that's like yeah i've seen a few of them and they're okay uh but yeah isn't that isn't that the the type that's cast in this like have we had yeah, uh, yeah. women that have taken these roles that have gone on to win oscars well i, I, I think that, i'm not I think aware the, of them <laughs> i think the best is um um uh oh she was on game of Th- uh, diana rigg uh who, who who you know who is still uh a great actress. Is she still alive? She's got to still be alive, right? She was on Game of Thrones, mm. or did she die recently? Didn't watch Game of Thrones. Okay, so yeah, Diana Rigg would probably be the <laughs> the highest class of actor uh, to to portray a, a Bond girl. As, still as alive, called. according to um, IMDb. Yeah, she's so great. Some good news. She's for you. great. Okay. And um, yeah, it's like the rest of them. It's like you know, I, I think I think it's okay to cast a person and to create a character just on the basis of them being attractive. Like it, you know, that's sort of the, the idea here. And I would defend it if the genders were reversed as well. Uh, you know, I think that's fine. And, uh, there's a lot of enjoyable, uh, and Goldeneye tries to do this too, but I think, I think this film is more successful at it. There's a lot of enjoyable sexual interplay, not just between Denise Richards and Pierce Brosnan, but also the other, uh, uh, the other, you know, Bond girl who, 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 you know, who's the Bond girl who is also a villain, um, played by what's her name? I, d- I don't have the Wikipedia page. I gotta, I gotta lean on you, uh, today, Dennis. Are you talking about the Electra King character? Yeah, yeah she was Princess uh, Isabel in, in Braveheart. Uh, there you Sophie Marcoux. Is yeah, that, there you is go. that her name? I think it's Marceau. Marceau. So yeah, she's there's a lot of really like you know at this at this point in the movie where she gets to uh, you know play the uh, vil- the villain kind of role and 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 have Bond you know uh, it, you know in the death trap or whatever. Uh, there's a lot of enjoyable stuff going on there, 
and uh, and, and Apted, uh, the director, uh, most famous for uh, Gorillas in the Mist and the Seven Up uh, documentary series. You know, you could say like he's a little bit out of his element, but he kind of he kind of brings just the right thing to this. Uh, you know, you get these nice little exchanges between them, and, and I find when the other Bond films try to go in that direction, they end up falling flat on their face. Uh, and the, so, so yeah, I'm, this, this is on, this is like, uh, uh, one of my top Bond films. Um, part of, part of which is, you know, it has the best Bond opening sequence that I can think of. There's so much that happens in the first 15 minutes here before, uh, the story even, even begins. And, uh, it puts you in just, it puts you in just the right mood in terms of, you know, like if you were, if you were a, if you were someone who hadn't seen any Bond movies or ever, I would suggest that this would be one of the first ones you should check out. Hmm. I don't know if anyone's going to take you up on that. I guess not. Did you, I feel, well, I feel like uh, most people, if they're going to see the first, they're not going to be like the uh, third entry in like one of the, uh, you know, if you're going to break these down to the series, they're going to, they're probably going to start with Goldeneye if they're going to start with the Brosnan ones, which, I mean, do you think, do you think these age well enough for like future generations or does everyone just reset with whatever the most like modern bond is like do you think these have replayability to younger audiences or do they just stick with like for instance now are they just going to stick with daniel craig if that's their bond i think it's a lot like star trek uh like we'll we'll always debate bond movies and go back and revisit them and everything and, and so i mean yeah i mean even now people are still you know rewatching these movies what's interesting to me is how different all the opinions are uh, on it. Uh, so, I mean, in the Bond series, the the big conflict that you have with, with that fans, you know, discuss the big like fulcrum point that people discuss about is, OK, how much how flat of a character should this guy be? How little should we know about his backstory? How little emotion or, or, or change should we che- should we see in him? And so if you look at the times when the fans kind of strayed away from the series, for example, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, uh, the, the reaction, you know, against that was, oh, you, you showed James Bond crying, you know, we can't accept that. Uh, uh, and, and I find that to be one of the more interesting Bond movies, too. Uh, and, then, and then, yeah, with Skyfall, they took a huge risk by uh, really delving into... You know, in, like to, examining that this guy w- was once a child and ha- you know and, ha- and had had parents and blah blah blah. Uh, you know, even even just exploring all that was a huge risk for them. And uh, what's interesting is that you know not everyone, a lot of bomb purists do not like Skyfall because of that reason. Uh, and then and then just as many you know feel like it's the best film of the Bond series. Uh, I, I think as as I do. Um, but I don't know. Where do you stand on all that? Do you think it's interesting to have such a, it's similar to like the man with no name kind of thing, uh, to, to have this guy who is just so incredibly flat, but then sort of exploit that (laughs) at the same time. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously in, uh, I know there was a lot of pushback for the, uh, well, the, the bond film that feels like it's uh, cursed in some way, this, this one that uh, had its release date be kind of a moving target. I think Daniel Craig uh, got got hurt. Uh, no time is it? No time to die. Is that what the next one? I don't, is I, called? I, don't, I have a feeling we'll never see it. 
<laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and then they, you know, finally looks like they, they start playing trailers and marketing this thing that's been delayed for years. And, uh, yeah, then uh, the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, put a stop to the entire uh, theatrical movie-going experience. So, um, but I remember there coming out that, uh, I think, is it Phoebe... Bridges is that the the flea bag uh, actress creator was brought in to do some I guess script doctoring uh, Phoebe's Phoebe Waller Bridge uh, that's her name uh, and they were talking about you know updating Bond in a way and uh, there was a lot of pushback as far as you know like I, certainly uh, Bond I think has earned the right to be iconic this point uh as far as the expectation you have of the character like even what you're mentioning with skyfall uh delving into the fact that the, i guess the obvious that he was once a child uh probably is exciting you know it feels like finally like an earned sort of peek behind the, the curtain on this man uh but i i've never had a problem with the idea that oh that's a boozing sort of womanizing especially now i think you could probably play with it in a more interesting way that he's he's sort of like a man out of time which is weird to say because you know the character never really ages but Mm -hmm. um i'm not i'm not really looking for like um you know a completely new model of bond like you know it's interesting to put a fresh coat of paint on him i guess and and play with the the icon, but yeah, I, I can't imagine, <laughs> you know, the man with no name is your example. Like if he had made it, uh, for, for somehow into modern, modern times, uh, we were still producing, you know, Western adventures of that character. Um, you know, I, I would not want, uh, an updated version, like one where it's like, well, he should probably talk a lot more. Like he should be a chatty Cathy or, uh, he should, he should have like a, a sidekick that he banters with. I don't know. There's some, some staples that are, you know, these movies are comfort food in a way. They're, it's nice to see. I think everyone gets excited when there's a new actor that's going to inherit the, the the role, the mantle. But uh, no, I don't. I've never had a problem with the characterization of Bond being. I don't know. Is he that different from like a Batman as far as the villains well, being like the more interesting, showy characters? Bat. I mean, you know, you're you're going to have to give up your fanboy you know, credentials at this point, because Batman's whole central thing is about backstory and about, you know, revenge from a, you know, a, mur- a tragedy that happened in his past and, and blah, blah, blah. Like he's, he's like built from uh, like, he, he's flat, but, but he's flat with the knowledge that, you know, that he's doing this to, you know, put, you know, goodness in the world and blah, 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 and avenge his parents and, and all that stuff. Um, you know, I don't so, feel like it's that different from Bond because he just usually in an individual adventure he's getting revenge for something. In this one, he has like a, you know, there's there's a fallen comrade, you know, that he's going to. It just amps up the stakes every time. Casino Royale, the one that I really like, you know, it's it, it sets up the the one I didn't like so much with Quantum of Solace, where it's like you know they kill they kill the woman that he he fell for, and so he goes out for revenge. I'm I don't know. I mean, I think it's. I, I say that as someone who's like a much bigger Batman fan than James Bond, but I I don't think that the origin of that character is really that particular story is not that interesting. Other than you know his parents were killed, you can, you can it's it's a pitch you can get over it pretty you can get through it pretty quickly and then just dress it up so he can go out and beat people up. That's all it's there for. Yeah, no, I think comfort food is an accurate description and everything, and uh, yeah, that's 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 why I find this one enjoyable, and I and I do think, I don't know, maybe it was 1999, maybe it was just like the like they felt like this was the uh, period where they could really just 
ramp up the entertainment and, and the spectacle. Um, we haven't mentioned our, our friend. I, I completely forgot he was in this. Uh, Robert Carlyle. Uh, he's a pretty good as, villain here. He's I really think. good. Uh, and it's, I think one of the things that helps him is that he's, he, you know, he, he's got the standard uh, Bond villain motiva- motivation of, you know, wanting to see the world burn and all that. Uh, but he also seems to have, a, have be motivated by, you know, by lust and, and love for uh, this, for this woman. Sort the of tragedy that, uh, there. <laughs> well, it's and it's the, it's the uh, the the revenge of the nerd kind of thing here, right? Where he's <laughs> what what he's motivated by is the th- very thing that James Bond takes for granted is that a, mm-hmm. <laughs> a beautiful woman is interested <laughs> in him, and it's just like one of the many. But for Carlisle, it's a twisted version of you know of true love, like it, that is the one the one for him. See, this is a good one. You got You got to give this one your stamp of approval, Deniston. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember, like, I, uh, so I think, like, GoldenEye sticks out for me, obviously, as, as the reboot, um, but I, I would say, I mean, and I've not, I've not revisited GoldenEye since, God, probably since it was initially released, but I seem to recall this one being a better version, uh, than that, and I don't, you know, honestly, I don't know if I've seen, are there two, two more with Pierce Brosnan? No, there's one more, and I haven't seen Die Another Day in, in... Uh, in you know since it came out and and I hated it I remember hating it uh, you know when it originally came out and so I'm just dre- I'm dreading oh, no, you're forgetting you're it. forgetting the middle one tomorrow never dies I yeah, saw that tomorrow one. never dies that that came before but, this one but I've not seen uh, the one you're referencing is 2000 that's the one with Halle Berry I've not that I think another that's day the last yeah that's one of Halle Berry that's the one where Madonna's you know I, I guess I'll die. Another day, I, I guess. Uh, I, I mean, I, you know, you remember I, it yeah, now, I right? Admit, <laughs> well, I, re- I remembered it before you broke out into it, and I was like, should I admit that I remember the Madonna song? But yes, I, I do. Um, yeah, I would, I would say you're probably right as far as this of the of the Brosnan ones. I think this one, uh, from what I remember, this is the the villain that I liked. I don't even remember who the villain is in the 1997 one. Um, and Sean Bean is like, was it double? Yeah, I do not remember the villain. And I know, I know, Michelle Yeoh is is uh, the Bond girl, right? In right Tomorrow Never right, Dies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I like the you know the ski chase here. I, I like I like the femme fatale that we get. Um, I don't know if I really like Denise Richards. Uh, other other than the fact that I like her name, I, I mean, I do like that a lot. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why, like you mentioned in your sort of defense of Denise Richards, I don't know why people find her name of uh, Christmas Jones, I guess her her profession, <laughs> to be any more ridiculous than any of the other names that have come up in Bond history. I don't know why this one sticks out. I mean, Halle Berry's character's name is Jinx, Jinx Johnson. Yeah. So they, they all sound like superhero characters. I, I just feel like it's a, it shows commitment, you know what I mean? If you're going to if you're going to be <laughs> crazy and weird, like with all this stuff and have crass Denise Richards as, as a nuclear scientist, you know, you got to you know, like go all out. Uh, a, a You know, we have a movie coming up uh, with a protagonist uh, named Jericho. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, just, just go all out. <laughs> just have her be called sexy. 
My name is Sexy Woman. <laughs> I can't top that, Ben. <laughs> I got nothing better than that. Uh, so what what are we doing next? What's what's next? On, I forget. Uh, oh, oh yes, uh, Barry Levinson's Wonder Emporium of uh, Cadillacs <laughs> that drive fast with the Liberty, and they reach the high heights. Uh, is I believe the name of the movie. Am I wrong? That that is an excellent uh, uh, riddle you have there for people trying to follow along and Google <laughs> what's coming up. Yeah. Uh, Liberty Heights. Uh, this will be a first-time watch for me for the podcast. I, I never got around to, or to be honest, never really had much interest in checking this one out. It'll be a first-time watch uh, for me as well, or at least it would have been if we weren't just about to record this episode uh, right now. I don't like listen lying. To that passion. I don't like lying to listen, the audience, listen. Denison. I, I I don't mind it so much, you know. I, I like you, having because you know, Denison, somewhat. if you have not watched Liberty Heights by now. And we're about to talk about it. You better, you you know, you've got some splaining to do, as Ricky Ricardo. Well, I've got Wikipedia up, so I'll, I'll just I'll put it together quickly. The world is And if you'd like to continue the conversation with us, feel free to do so on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at 99from99. 99